Hey, uh, hey, buddy, how you doing? Hey, thanks for uh, talking through the tough stuff last night. It really meant a lot to, you know, have someone to go to and no judgment, no agenda. Hey, don't mention it, Kyle. What are friends and co-founders for, right? Hmm. Look, I know how hard it can be to choose between two of your favorite ice cream flavors. Yeah. No one should have to do that alone. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. No problem. Okay. Ready to get started, everybody? Hey, um, are our guests all here, Julia? Oh, wise and wonderful producer. Hey, guys. Uh, so, slight change of plans. Okay. There are no guests. Right. Cool, 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 cool. Okay. Um, so sorry, guys. Good luck, though. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, 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 everyone, okay, we'll start okay, recording okay. in 30 oh, seconds. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Julia, oh, no. I, oh, no. Oh, I think no. you broke Kyle. Uh, okay, okay. Um, no problem. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. W- what if mm-hmm. we just awkwardly came up with a list of topics that are mm-hmm. on our minds? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's just do that. Let's just dive deeper into my crippling inability to improvise on the spot. Sure. Sounds great. Sounds great, Tom. Yeah. Welcome to Commerce Chefs, a quirky and thought-provoking show for future-focused commerce leaders. We're going to pit the world's most brilliant, inspiring, and driven D2C visionaries, the Commerce Chefs, with riveting questions to uncover their secret ingredients at the intersection of passion, performance, and leadership in practice. For the past decade, we've led teams of designers, strategists, and digital wizards at one of the leading e-com agencies in the country to help brave brands become enduring classics. And we're here to indefinitely borrow the strategies and pro tips that will make us all better leaders and make the brands we lead better too. I wish I could indefinitely borrow a guest right now. I mean, I I could be a guest on the show. Hey, if a co-host hosts the podcast alone in the forest, are they the host or the guest? Uh, I'm confused. Me too. All right. So e-commerce and, and D2C sales have grown the equivalent of 10 years over the past 12 months. And this is not slowing down. It's moving faster than we're used to, maybe even faster than we're ready for. And when I think about growing quickly, I think about that awkward time in grade nine after my growth spurt, you know? You had a growth spurt? But you're still as tall as I was in grade nine. Kyle, no one needed to know that. It's a podcast. I get to be as tall as I want. I get to be as tall as I sound. Right, 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 right. Well, Tom, to me... You are like a tall tree in a forest where there's a podcast host hosting alone as a guest. Now I'm confused. So let's look at where things could be, but also let's look at where things should be in the coming Mm -hmm. years, which could still feel like a decade if things keep this pace. Hashtag time travel. We've outgrown our awkward Randy River tween clothing and the choice is ours for our new wardrobe. So what should we choose? I'm not quite sure how we landed on this metaphor, but let's run with it. Um, Our new wardrobe should be filled with things that will stand the test of time. Things that will look good in more than six months from now. Classics, not trends. 
We need to outfit our brands with intention. It's time to get things tailored, to look good, to fit well, to coordinate, and be poised to become enduring classics. That's a good line. Yeah. So, since we have no guests, let's pull a cue from today's clickbaity news machine and discuss the seven and a half things you're not thinking about in the future of commerce. Or, Or maybe you are, and this is just a really good refresher. What's the half thing? You just wait. You don't know yet, do you? No. No, I don't. In other words, let's yammer together awkwardly like only we can do. And here we go. All right. So the first thing that we want to look at as we head into the next few years of commerce, Tom, community. I heard this in the past couple of weeks, thinking of D2C as opposed to uh, direct-to-consumer as maybe we start thinking about it as direct-to-community. Tell like, me more. What? Well, I, I think we started seeing, you know, with influencers, you know, many years ago, this, this coming to pass, but now the shift more into like micro-influencers and friend communities and thinking that, you know, it's not just about building an audience. You know, we think often hey, I built in a social following or like a LinkedIn following. And, and it, that's not really a community as much as it's an audience. And thinking about as we're actually going deeper in communities and in communities, it's about relationship, shared values, beliefs. It's not just passive following. And when we're selling into those things, the way that those communities influence each other, the way that they share values and beliefs is actually what you're selling into. You're not just selling kind of one-to-one you're selling now almost in ways one to many. Interesting. So because I love food, is another Mm. way to look at this really, like it's not as much about how many people live on your street, but who's going to come over to your barbecue if you invite them? You know, who knows you? Who knows your name, your kids? Is is that what we're talking about? We're talking about engagement. Yeah. And who's going to bring ambrosia when you ask them to bring it? I don't even know what that is, but it sounds gross. (laughs) It is gross. So what am I not thinking about then? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a brand leader. I've got a DC brand. What am I not thinking about when it comes to community? I think the simple way to put it is community, which is really important to the future, is much more than your social media following. So start thinking about mm. what does that look like beyond just accruing neighbors? And what does it look like to find people that are actually going to come to your barbecue and bring ambrosia? Put another shrimp on the barbie. All right. So this touches on something then for me. Obviously, community is is huge. It's really something we're seeing as playing as important. But it does come in tension with something that I want to talk about. Number mm-hmm. two, personalization. If you're not thinking about this, you need to be. There is, I believe, a need for more humanity in the digital world. And when I talk about personalization or what I see for personalization in, in playing an important role, this ain't just about a name and an email or <laughs> I think what, what you'd said something about um, engraved products. Oh, yeah. So what you're not, you're not talking about, like getting a, like a, a pen engraved with my name on it, because I would really appreciate that for my birthday, Tom. I'm not. It's a different kind of clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about. As D2C brands uh, really focusing in on trying to mimic the human experience, um, you know, picture yourself with me right now yeah. going into a retail store. 
you get greeted, you get to talk with and maybe work with somebody to curate products, give you suggestions, offer you help. As you go there more often, and so when we're talking about building relationships with brands and with customers, you know, they get to know you, they get to know your name, what colors you like, your style, uh, what you have already, what you were looking at last time, but didn't end up going for, you know? So Mm -hmm. personalization, I'm talking about dynamic content, dynamic Mm -hmm. merchandising, real-time buyer lifecycle awareness. A lot of what you're saying is kind of, you know, personalization is a lot more about empathy and connection than it is about getting someone's name customized in their email. Absolutely. There was a really practical example that came up in one of the interviews we were doing for the show, actually, was we were talking about the United Colors of Benetton, um, their new website, and they, they've got a bunch of aspects to their their new site, which is the one thing I thought was really intriguing was like they even had like a weather curator where you could like turn on the weather yes. based on your location and it would rework the site and the products based on the weather that's occurring in your world. And I was like, that's a freaking brilliant way to deal with clothing. Or the other one I was thinking about was, you know, we've all seen our friends on Instagram posting their their virtual glasses. And Warby Parker, if you're looking for some and, mm-hmm. um, use my, uh, affiliate code. Um, I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, but the idea that this goes back to community, right. Is the personalization is it's not just me trying it on in terms of AR, but I'm able to like engage that with my community. And it feels personal to me. I feel like we're experiencing this, um, purchasing process in a totally personal way that helps me understand if these glasses are going to make me feel good. They're going to make me give, have the confidence or whatever I'm looking for from that product, not just as it fit on my face. So as a, as a D to C brand, what I think we're not thinking about in the future here is that personalization is not about a name or a personalized text or email. This is about truly and deeply dynamic content. It's about mimicking the human experience and it's about understanding where your customer is at in their life cycle, in their geography. This is about being dynamic. Love it. Okay, the next thing we wanted to talk about as you're packing your proverbial bags for the future of commerce is customer service and respect. N-R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Yep. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> it's not even scripted and it's there. There we are. Tell us more. Look, we, we go into this in depth in episode four, the CX episode. But I think we just have this belief, Kyle, that we need to stop this obsession with conversion at all costs. You know, whatever we got to do to get that conversion rate up, we need to really get obsessed with service and respect. I think that's a, a really good point, right? Is reframing what ROI looks like, shifting that spend in investing in customer experience and and not saying you don't need to do some of the acquisition. Of course, that's part of the game, but investing in the customer service, investing into the customer experience pays dividend in the long term. It starts to look at things like lifetime value, which we all know is the golden thing we're chasing, not just the cost per acquisition or just the cost or the value of the cart. And anything that we can do as a brand, as we move into the future to invest into customer service is going to pay dividends. I'm going to put a Tom Culver guarantee on that. So what are D2C brands not thinking about then in the space of customer service? I think our feeling is that being direct to consumer, having a site and a sales channel that is digitally based 
This is not an excuse to pull away and become some detached sales machine. And mm-hmm. so many D2C brands yeah. do this. But I think the ones that are going to have staying power, the ones that are going to flourish into the future are the brands that recognize that direct-to-consumer digital channel is an opportunity to amplify human interaction and joy at scale. Okay, speaking of joy at scale, we recently talked about soul at scale. Mm. See where I'm going? And the next thing we're going to talk about, number four on our extensive list of seven and a half things is sustainability, which comes out a lot in um, the episode about scaling with soul. And it's it tries to ask this question of what is it to be the best for the world, not just the best in the world at something. And that requires us to look beyond just profit and loss. I mean, obviously that's important. Like we're not saying capitalism, commerce is going away, but what does it look like in the future? Probably is, you know, what is best for the world, not what's best in the world? Yeah, because um, here's a fun fact for everybody. It's pretty hard to have a have a business without a planet. Spoiler alert right there. Spoiler, spoiler alert. I think I'm encouraged to see this, this movement towards sustainability, this acknowledgement in the commerce world that there is a part to play and a responsibility to sustainability. But it yeah. isn't just as simple as, you know, your carbon footprint or recycled packaging. I mean, sustainability truly touches on everything. It's about your employees, your supply chain, production, materials, everything. So, Kyle, what am I not thinking about then as a D2C brand when it comes to sustainability? All right. You ready for this? Only always. It's not just about carbon neutral. It's about being carbon negative. This this challenged me, I know, when we talked about this concept, because I think we've been so long striving as companies to, to look at carbon neutral. And Tom, tell us just a little bit more. What, what's like a carbon negative approach? So a carbon negative approach would be not just to look at offsetting the carbon impact, for instance, and and, and carbon, look, carbon is great mm. to, to offset, um, it, but it is really mm. only one thing. But if we were just yeah. looking at that one dynamic, it's not enough to just offset the impact you've had, but to actually make it better than it was before. We interrupt this episode with a breaking news story coming to you live from the office of the Commerce Chefs. Over to you, Kyle. Thanks, Tom. We're uh, having a developing news story that is sure to give you a listening break from this podcast episode in which you are listening to. We're just getting news that you might be tired of listening to us, so we're providing the back half of this episode in Fast Forward. Thrilling. And here we go. And there you have it. Now, back to the remainder of episode nine of Commerce Chefs at regular speed. Couldn't we just have played some nice, soothing Kanye to give everybody a break? We all need a break from Kanye. Give it a West, Kyle. Give it a West. This is going south fast. And we're back. So up next, numero five, leaving it better than when you found it. And what's better than accessibility and equity? Particularly, I know you and I chat about this a lot in accessible work or accessible design is good design is something we talk about in the team a lot. And I think 
what we're seeing is, of course, a social issue around equity and accessibility in a few different ways brought to the forefront. The thing to also take with that is this idea that, you know, accessible design or equitable design is good design. And think about design in a broader sense, not just in terms of, say, your website or your branding, but the design of your customer experience, the design of your product, the design of your culture. And if we look at that and we can kind of see the different blind spots that, you know, we weren't seeing, that's really what accessibility and equity can bring to the table for businesses. That's huge. It's something that that is even being more, um, more and more mandated legally to be a consideration, but we're not talking about accessibility as just that front end, you know, browser accessibility compliance that needs to be done here. So if that's typically what's being assumed of that term, then Kyle, as a D2C brand, what am I not thinking about when it comes to accessibility and equity? I'll put it like this. More equitable, more accessible thinking isn't just a checklist or a legality or an important thing that you got to check off. It actually creates better products and better experiences. Boom. All right. We talked about sustainability. We talked about accessibility and equity, which roll up into number six, which is social impact through business. What's going on here, Tom? This is about alignment of dollars to values. So customers being more and more aware and intent on spending into things, into companies and on things, on products that are aligned to their values. There is an understanding that, you know, you have to give to get. Uh, Again, an encouraging trend, but I think customers are seeing more and more that, yes, I can pay you my dollars to get this thing that I want. But the other thing that's happening now more and more is that they're realizing that they're getting impact from that spend. They're seeing results that align with values. They're, they're looking at a cause. So really, it's a two-for-one deal. And who doesn't love a good deal? I think another spoiler alert here, Tom, is gone are the era uh, or gone are the days when you can just slap that on and hope that that is what garners your customer base. I think the big thing is we also need to maintain the quality of the product. You actually still need to be offering a product that solves a pain point or offers a unique experience to that community or to that person. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of a both and era that we're in is you, you can't just slap it on and hope that that's like your big marketing strategy. So what is it that as a D2C brand, not thinking about? I'd like to believe, you know, a lot of brands are starting to, or are looking at social impact as a big part of their business and their operations. So I think the thing that these D2C brands maybe aren't thinking about is the pace at which this needs to be at the forefront. You may have a giving program or section on your about page, but this needs to move faster. It needs to be woven into the fabric of your brand and brought to the forefront way quicker than I think we all realize. Love it. Number seven. Number seven. Fun and joy. Woohoo! What is on your mind with fun and joy, my friend? I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to say this. Mm -hmm. I think fun and joy, both as words and as practices, can be seen as something that maybe has no place in business. But I think that's absolute BS. Joy isn't about the purchase journey. So let's let's stop talking about sales for a minute here. 
they're going to happen. Yeah. The more we can inject fun, the the more we can consider joy, I, I think the better things will be. But, you know, we, we buy to feel, we f- to feel something, yeah. to belong, to identify, to align with. That's why we buy. Mm-hmm. So let's evoke the right things. Let's do that for the right reasons. We... <laughs> We don't have to take ourselves so seriously. Uh, Kyle, if you and I are any example, (laughs) we can be very good at what we do (laughs) and still be fun and enjoyable to be around or to listen to. I take this show very seriously, Tom, and I don't know what you're talking about. Sorry, we should probably talk about that later. Yeah, we should. (laughs) But you you have a beautiful perspective on this and I, I want you to talk about that. Well, thank you. I think often as brands... Or as companies, we think, okay, well, I can't be fun. I can't be joy. That doesn't fit into either our constraints as a budget or constraints as a brand. And I just wanted to share with you something I shared with our team a couple of weeks ago, which is that joy is a perspective. It doesn't know a size. It doesn't know a particular set of constraints, but it's it's more of how you approach what's in front of you. The example I've been touting around is Joy is Disney World. It's it's all those things and it's big movies that you go and it's the magical moments that you experience. But joy is also like a bunch of Tupperware when you're a kid and it's a big field of grass where you just go and kick a ball around. Like it, mm-hmm. it it's Disney World and it's also a field of grass. Like if we can take that and understand that, you know, maybe we can learn something from when we were kids where joy actually really was an approach or, or um, a way to come towards a situation to find surprise, to find delight. And if we can create that in what's ever in front of us, no matter what the constraints of your brand or your budget, whatever it is, from the smallest to the largest, joy can happen. Joy should happen. It should happen. So what is it about fun and joy that I'm not thinking about as a DTC brand? It's probably something along the lines of just needing to connect more to your eight-year-old self and separate yourself for a minute from this transactional space of e-commerce and just dream. What if? How could it be better? Just have more fun that it will yield good. And that's sometimes the best thing that we can do. Okay, so we've done our we've done our seven. Now we're on to the the half thing. 7.5, Kyle. Yeah. Let's hear it. What's the half thing? But, well, you were supposed to prep that. Oh. What? Oh. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I, ha- I have an idea. Okay. All right. Braver partnerships. Ah, uh, nice. See, that's a good half thing because it's kind of like a pitch to work with us, right? At PB&J? Uh, well, well, kind of. I, I guess, yes, braver braver partnerships with partners, but, but I was actually meaning braver partnerships between brands. I don't mean just partnerships with the experts that you work with, uh, like mm-hmm. PB&J, for instance. What I think D2C brands are maybe not thinking about, number 7.5, yeah. is brand-to-brand partnerships. I believe that the future is less about competition and more about collaboration, and that this this space is not a zero-sum game. And the sooner the brands can understand their purpose, what they're good at, who they're for, what yeah. problem and pain they're seeking to serve, then 
they're more inclined to look around them then and say, okay, but what other companies, what other brands or products Mm -hmm. are out there that are trying to help the same people I am? And how can we leverage our strength? And let's tie it right back to the beginning here with community. Mm -hmm. How can we better build a stronger community together instead of looking to divide and conquer? Or in the words of the always wise Michael Scott, or or maybe Stephen Covey, I'm not sure, but look for win, win, win situations. Did I do it? It's good. You did it. Yeah. I didn't know where those high school improv classes would come in handy or, or trigonometry come to think of it. But I guess now we know talking on the spot is a pinch of stressful, Tom. I wonder how our guests feel then. Oh, they love it. Mm. And I'm a co-host that's out of the woods now. Did, did I get the joke? If a co-host is out of the woods and nobody was around to hear their podcast, uh-huh. did it ever even happen? Anyway, uh-huh. I think you did great, Kyle. We covered a lot today, each of these worth their own episode, some of which we've covered in detail in past Commerce Chefs episodes, and some that we'll cover further in season two. Maybe you found these insightful. Maybe you've been challenged or inspired. Maybe you feel overwhelmed. And maybe you're choosing to put a lot of this aside. But one thing is for sure. These are unignorable elements that will drive the future of commerce, especially in e-com. And the sooner that we get on board and invest into these things, the sooner our brands will thrive, be more resilient and future-proofed, and the sooner we can all drive positive change together. Packaged up all nice and neat so you can take it with you in a proverbial doggy bag, here's what we covered. Firstly, community. It's more than just your social following. It's about building real connections and real relationship. Also, it's time to start thinking of D2C as direct community. Personalization. Mimic the human experience and work to create dynamic, curated moments of genuine interaction. Customer service. D2C is not an excuse to pull away into a detached sales machine. It's an opportunity to amplify human interaction and joy at scale. Sustainability. Carbon neutral is fantastic, but let's push past that and let's leave things better, not just neutral. Accessibility and equity. It's not just a checklist. More equitable thinking creates better products and better experiences for the world. Social impact. Push the pace at which your social impact is at the core and forefront of your brand. Fun and joy. Dream more. Have more fun. And start thinking a little more like your eight-year-old self. And lastly, braver partnerships. The future is less about competition and more about collaboration. Align with other brands and work together to build worthwhile communities in which you can flourish together. Woo! Someone called BuzzFeed because that's a list. Hooah! Seven and a half key elements that will play a huge role in the future of successful D2C brands. But what's important to you? What do your customers and community need? Fast forward with us. What kind of future do you want to see? The decisions, the actions, and the investments you make today are what's going to make that future a reality. So don't put it off. Go forward and make that future happen fast. There you have it. That's episode nine of Commerce Chefs. Thanks so much for listening. 
We hope you've gained some insight and perspective on some important and fast-moving considerations that might be worth holding on to as you journey into the future of e-com. If you're looking for even more insights and recipes for success, make sure to join the Commerce Chefs community by following us on social at Commerce Chefs. Hold up, Kyle. Didn't you just say that a social following wasn't a real community? Yep. Yes, I did. Which is why we're launching an actual community in the fall where you, brave future-focused commerce leader, can dive even deeper with us and connect with other founders and D2C leaders. The Kitchen launches this fall, and we're stuffing it with long-form interviews, masterminds, Ask Me Anythings, group Slack, behind-the-scenes, episode and interview transcripts, and a whole lot more to help us all become better leaders and make the brands we lead better too. Save your spot and join now at commercechefs.com slash community. In the meantime, we're currently cooking up the next episode of Commerce Chefs, so tune in on May 27th. As I always say, feed your mind with your ears. They're the other mouth of your head. Always a lovely visual, Tom. Hmm. Lastly, if you like this episode and want to support us, you know you want to, make sure to hit the subscribe button and leave us a five-star rating and review. Until next time, this has been a pinch of Kyle and a dash of Tom. We'll be cooking with you in two weeks. Okay, do you have your O's in place, Kyle? <laughs> or your O's? We'll never just know, here. Brett, until... Okay, until okay. Do. Oh, oh no. Oh. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> oh no. Oh my god, you sound like the guy, the Mad Hatter. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Oh no, what's he stopping it? <laughs>